This is where we can create some investors in the market. Like, So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Elite Agent Secrets. Today I'm joined by Erica Diaz, right out of Orlando. She's been in business since 2015 and she's grown her team now over the last few years. Now she did 100 mil in 2017 and now they are shooting for 200 units last year and about 344 units this year. Now, Get ready. She's also a mom of four and a lover of Jesus. So I am very curious of how the hell do you do a hundred million? You're still a mom of four. Have other obligations, other commitments, and you have absolutely no excuses, Erica, from what I can tell. So super excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we, we before we got chatting here and we started rolling, um, we started talking about our topics. So today we're going to be covering a little bit about the database and topic number one time blocking in topic number two, and recruiting in topic number three, because we all know we can't do this many units completely alone. I'm assuming we have to have a little bit of a team. So before we do that, how why did you get started in 2015? Wow, that's a deep question for me. And um, it's a fun place to start. So my husband is, uh, was, he's a recovering alcoholic. So you want to dark deep real quick. Um, I just needed to be able to support me and the three kids. And so I needed a hundred thousand and I fully intended on leaving him. So we'll fast forward that story a little bit. He is sober. He loves Jesus and it's a miracle that he has been sober and he's a great father. He's a great partner and he's a great husband, but I did make that hundred thousand and then I made 200 and then I made 300 and then I said, get out, I'm done. And he was like, Oh shit. So that's why I started real estate. It's part of my testimony. <clears throat> wow. Holy shit. So, so you, you basically got rocking and rolling and then you were like, listen, this isn't working out with me. I'm going in a different direction. Well, yeah, but I told him I'm going to start real estate because I know I can make more money because I have to support me and these kids and I don't want to be with you. And he was like, wow. okay. So, but that's exactly what happened. He, I mean, I did it and then I told him I'm done. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to lose my family. So by the grace of God, he is sober. He's like maybe five years sober now. And so he's, he's been, he's a completely different person. Wow. You know, first of all, I want to thank you for being so open and vulnerable. I think that's so powerful of, of part of your story here because one, you wanted to change. You knew that it wasn't going to happen unless you did something about it. You took it in your own hands and then it basically shook the whole world up that you were in oh, it for did. others to realize, fuck, I either get on board or there's the door. This um, train's leaving with my kids. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and here's what I what I really think about real estate too. It's we don't talk enough about this. Um because we get into real estate because we want to have this amazing life, time freedom and you know, money freedom and all that. And a lot of us 
lose our families because of real estate, you gain your family back because of real estate, which yeah, is now, amazing. Now, I know it wasn't easy. I can only yeah. imagine, right? And, and you even said it though, some of us lose our family. So there was that challenge of how do I stay present and how do I leverage systems and help and team so that I cannot lose my family while I'm still trying to regain my family. That's really what it was because you even said it like we all, not all, but a lot of us can lose our family in that process because it's so consuming. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be vulnerable just as, as much as you are. There are certain times where, you know, it's not great, right? That's the brutal reality of, of this business. And I'm, I'm in the stage where I'm like you, when you first started out, but I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I'm working so much. My wife's like, fuck what you do. Fuck your work. Just come and be present, spend time with the kids. And I have, I have a lot of systems. I can't say I don't because I'm a systems guy. So that's something that I knew very early on that I need in order to be able to scale, to get the business that I like and, you know, make the money that I want. But I still find myself that if I'm having these conversations so early on, I'm like, shit, just going to marriage counseling is almost right around the corner. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to know is, how the hell do you build such a huge business that you have in such a short time frame while still having four kids? Because I know you got some little ones right yeah. now. All in the yeah. midst of this. Well, but so I guess let's digress to where it really started to grow. And he's probably still drinking at the time. And it's really intense. I meet with one of my mentors, um, Beth Woodall over at KW. I'm not a KW, but she kind of took me under her wing. And she said, where are you at in the marriage game? Like, are you close to divorce? Are you marriage counseling time? Like, where are you at? I'm like, um, I mean, probably closer to divorce. And she was like, well, he's got to quit drinking and you've got to leverage time. You've got to leverage your income. You've got to leverage this and you've got to bring an assistant on. So I think taking that first step and hiring that assistant for like $45,000 was like gut wrenching. Cause I was thinking that's coming off my bottom line. Now, and when so did you do that? Like how long into the business did you do that? Um, the team started in 17 and I probably had an assistant by the middle of 17. Okay. So between 2015 and 2017, that's your year one, year two. Talk to us about numbers. How many deals did you do year one? How many deals did you do? So year the two? first year I did eight units and eight units. I was, yeah. And I was like, Hey, this is cool. But you know, average prices were less back in 2015. And I was like, I'm making 60,000. I don't know, something like that. And then the next year I did 16 units and I'm like, okay, so I'm, I like this double thing. So then the next year I did 32 units. I'm like, all right, all right, we're going to do this again. So the next year I doubled it again. And that's kind of been our trajectory since the inception is just double every year. So we did not double this, this, as you're getting bigger, it's harder to double those numbers, right? So sure, of course. We did a we projected a 42% increase, and that's what gets us to our 344. But how we get there, we had to change what we were doing. Cause if we were going to keep doing the same thing over and over, we weren't going to get different results. So we can kind of jump into what we've changed in hopes to see that growth. And I mean it is working. Wow. Wow. 
I got I got so many questions. Where do we where do we go from here? We're talking about topic one database here. How big of database did you have? Why are we talking about it? Was that a big portion of your business and doing a high mill? No, it wasn't. Um, I was blessed by some of my lender partners last about a year, a little over a year ago. And they were like, hey, let's dig into your organization. You're very lead heavy. You're very Zillow heavy. Let's dig into your organization and see if we can leverage something that you already have in your system it's not going to cost $30,000 a month because that's what we're spending on Zillow right now. So um, I was like, I, I don't understand. So they started helping us dig into our database. I started coaching with Tom Ferry and I absolutely love it. I'm a huge fan. Um, and it really started to break down the systems. And so we got into the database and I became our ISA temporarily. And, you know, as the team lead, you don't think you're ever going to be the ISA or everyone's like, why are you making the calls? But when I got into the database and I started calling some of these leads that had come through, I'm really good on the phone. I can talk to you like, hey, so you bought a house. Wow. Can you just tell me, did you work with a realtor locally? Oh, yeah, I worked with Becky. Oh, Becky, how was she? You know, tell me a little bit about her. So I can find out who they worked with. They were a lead that came through. They were in my database. They died in my database. Another agent resurrected them, took them to the table. That's not good. We, yeah. I went through enough of the database to identify a $360,000 commission leak in a 12-month period. And if that's not enough to change your business model, you are not of the growth mindset and you will not survive this industry, in my opinion. I, I, I would agree. What well, it's... it's it's funny how God works or what universe, whatever y'all, y'all believe in, right? Audiences yeah. take it with a grain of salt here. Um, but I recently, you know, a few months ago, I made a switch too. And the very first thing that my team lead told me, um, when I say team lead, my, like my market center team lead, like somebody yeah. there that holds everybody accountable. If you know the terminology, you know which brokerage I'm with. <laughs> And he goes, bro, you got four and a half thousand people in your database. You're missing 2000 emails for them. And uh, yeah, they haven't heard from you in like 10 or 15 years. Because keep in mind, I have not been in real estate for as long as some of you that are listening. Um, but I was I was in the lead gen business. So for me, it was like, fuck this. I'm just going to turn on my paid ads, my advertising, top of the funnel. I know eventually six, 12 months on the road, they're going to convert. I'm going to work them. I'm going to grind. I'm going to make my deals, which I did. I I have a very dialed in system that can spit out six figure, you know, six figures in GCI. Um, but he told me database. Yeah. Bro, your 36 touch point, your database. Yeah, it's true. And I'm like, well, who do I call? He's like, it doesn't matter. Just call them. Yeah. Well, and that's been one of the hardest things as we pivoted from last year and we went into restructuring and we started to dig into that database and we had high accountability. Not all of my top producers liked it. I lost three in January. So I lost my three very high top producers and they went off on their own and that's fine. But they didn't like the accountability piece. They didn't like the the database entering, they're so used to just flying by the seat of their pants from 2021 and 2020 and 2019 that 
it didn't resonate with them that you've got everything you need right here in front of you. You just have to nurture it. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to eliteagentsecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. So let me ask you this. Let me play a little devil's advocate. Were they really top producers? Because anybody over the last two years could be, could have been a top producer because it really didn't take a lot of skill right? and a lot of knowledge to put deals together. If somebody came to you, they had a pulse, they could fog up a mirror and they were pre-approved and willing to pay over ask, they were going to get the house. There was literally no skill involved. Yeah. And I'm still seeing this now in today's market where you got these weekend warriors and fly-by-night cowboys that are still super unrealistic, that don't know how to negotiate that don't know how to have a conversation, don't know how to be professional, don't know what the code of ethics really means. And they're telling me this, you know, we're not doing a backyard drug deal here. Well, and and you, you hit the nail on the head there too, with the code of ethics and stuff. There was one agent that I worked with in the industry and I actually liked him. Um, but he posted something on his social media up on stories the other day. And it was like safe neighborhood, great for families. And I was like, Oh, damn. Um, pretty sure that's a fair housing issue right there. And like, so I side messaged him. I was like, you should probably take that down. Like, I like you. You're a nice guy, but you're going to need a little bit more education here. And he was like, why do I need to take it down? I'm like, just take it down. It's a fair housing Yeah. I'm like, come on, buddy, let's go. So he took it down and, you know, nice fella. But that whole new wave of agents that came in that literally could get anybody to the table. It is a skill set market now. It is not, it was an endurance market before. It is a skill set market now. And if you're not willing to work on those skills, myself included, my agents, my, my support staff, you're not going to survive this market. And that just means you're just not the right fit for us at this moment. And then, you know, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. You just have to be, you know, a ready, able and willing to kind of accept that and, and be coachable. So circling back to your database, um, I mean, shit, $30,000 in Zillow, that's a lot of bread. Yeah. Now we do partner with lender ad spend. So, you know, cut that in about half. So we're about 15. They're about 15. Um, you know, if I'm being hundred percent transparent, January, we were negative $5,400 on the ROI. Yeah. Um, but February we were up 56,000. Now me being able to tell you those numbers, I would argue that if you sat with almost 10 other teams, they would have no clue. So I would agree. Taking- Digging into your database and understanding where you're spending money and what the ROI is on it and what's a positive return and a negative return, it's huge. It's, I mean, I felt like I was kind of in this fog as I started coaching last year and I kept getting whipped by some of my coaches, but I would keep showing up and I'd keep going back and I would just feel whipped. And then one day it was like, oh my God, shit, it's all clear. Like the fog is cleared. I see it. It's here. I'm doing it completely wrong. And we have to turn. Mm -hmm. Now, things that I could have done better as a leader, I could have read uh, the four disciplines of execution earlier than I did. Because when you've got this ship, big old cruise ship doing 100 million, you can't hard 90 that. What's going to happen? It's going to flip. It's going to fall apart. It's all... Oh, your passengers are off. People are dying in the wind. Like, it's not good. But if you take that cruise ship and you 90 it slowly, it's a big difference. The outcome is successful. So just 
masterminding with other people, learning what's out there, leaning on those resources and leveraging a book that somebody wrote 10 years ago, you know, and I could have read that earlier and it could have changed the trajectory of those three top producers. Ultimately, I think at the end of the day, they didn't share my core visions. So I don't think it would have helped, but this market is just the skill set market and you have to have the skill set. And if you yeah. don't have them, you have to be willing to work on them. And so I've spent a lot of time traveling in the last year across the country, working with those top producers. And I think that we will absolutely see the growth. We're already seeing the growth with we're doubled in numbers and we are down three top producers. So having a very lead heavy business and then implementing oh. database what what does that mean? What did you do and, and what did you do differently when you started picking up the phone, being your own quote unquote ISA? Yeah. So cleaning your database, just literally, I don't care what CRM you use, but if you're not properly staging these folks and you've got one of those top three, they had 2,500 leads, the word lead status in the database. And you can't work more than 10, maybe 25 leads. Leads are people that are not converted. You don't know if they're a warm buyer, a cold buyer, a future buyer. A lead is just that. It's a lead. So identifying what the different terminology is, which sounds so basic, but this is really bringing it back to the basics. Hey, agent one, you have 2,500 leads. You need to be calling them, I don't know, 10 times in 10 days. Can you call 2,500 people 10 times no in 10 days? No. So identifying this person bought a house two, two weeks ago, probably not going to be selling. Put them in a different future tag. Put them in somewhere that we can nurture them and warm them up. So just getting in and cleaning that database was step number one. And that was painful. And it's still going on. It's taking I will say. weeks and I don't even have... I mean, I have probably about 4,500 people now, but I had like six, 700 initially, then I started adding to it. And you're right. I mean, I thought I could do it day two, three days max. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. I'm still finding stuff in my database that I didn't catch the first time around. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Right. Well, and right now, the rest of the team is on a Zoom right now with a consultant that we brought on to help journey through this. Um, and I mean, we're six months in it and we're still messy, but I would say that we are probably a lot less messy than 90% of the teams across America. And it's because of this. But if you would have met me six, eight, 10 months ago, I would have been like, uh, yeah, we have a CRM. The, everything funnels in there. No one logs in it. We have no idea what's going on in there. So now I can identify that we are nurturing clients from there that were already there, that were already paid leads. And it's funny, one of them we have pending right now, they were working with one of the top three that exited. It wasn't like some crazy relationship, obviously, because when the new agent that just got their license got on the phone with that client, got in front of them, that client had no idea the name of the person that they spoke to. And they were happy that somebody was calling them because they were interested and they didn't know where to start. So yeah. now they're pending had my other agent done better and I, this isn't about them doing bad or whatever it was a different market so they didn't have to do as good but yes. had they done better at staging it nurturing it and running action plans 
leveraging the system that we're paying for, they could have stayed in front of that and they could have procured that and went on down the road with it. And I mean, again, I identified 360,000 in commission leak. I equally failed my team, but how do I change that? What do I do to not do that again? I, I want that 360,000 in our bank account next time. So, so from a tactical perspective, if we had to summarize it to, let's say the top five things that we can just go do this, do this, do that for the time that we have, yeah. setting so, up the database and cleaning would be number one. Well, go to topic number two, time blocking. You need to time block your time because you need two hours a day in the beginning to just clean your database, stage them, categorize them, put them where they need to go. So that's the time blocking piece that is just huge. So basically stay on top of your database. That's what, I don't but, want to dive into time blocking just yet because I will, because okay. I've done a very, very interesting exercise when we do talk about topic two. I just want to make sure that people understand that database is not rocket science, but we make it rocket science. We make it like we're doing brain surgery. And uh-huh. I know this because I am guilty of it. Yeah. I was like, how do I work my database? You just fucking send an email on a monthly basis, 12 yeah. times a year, bang. But, but in that email, for the love of God, do not send a happy Easter or Jesus is risen. No, that's, a, that's an additional one. Value proposition. What is your value proposition? Yes. Send value because my God, how many times do you log in your email from every Tom, Dick and Harry lender and you see it's Easter, happy Easter. And I'm like, oh my God, you all use the exact same template across Orlando. Like way to go guys. Delete, 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 delete. And now I'm going to unsubscribe you because I don't want the shit in my email. Exactly. <laughs> Why? Because it's literally shit. That's it's a value it's proposition. So yeah. what is your value prop? What is your val- what is your value add for them to click that open and not unsubscribe? Yeah. I think the other thing is when it comes to database, I mean, this is just 12 out of the 36 that we talk about, right? And if if, if nobody knows what the 36 touch point is, the 36 touch point is, is is this. 12 emails a year, right? A quarterly phone call which mm-hmm. gets you at least four more. So now you're, at, you're halfway there, almost halfway yeah. there, right? Yeah. And then it's figuring out how you can be a little bit more valuable throughout, whether it's a text message, maybe it's some piece of content, maybe it's something specific to the person, maybe it's a mailer, maybe it's something around the holidays. It's right? database. There are services that allow you to send cards directly out of there. Now, if you've done a good job and you've got a birth date in there, you pull your birthday report, you mail them a birthday card. It's personalized with your signature on it. It's all about, it is the 36 touch program. It is, it is 100%. Yeah. And, and it, and it really breaks down to just being consistent. I think database is one of those things that even if you completely fuck it up, but you're consistent, you're still going to get something from it. And that's yeah. the biggest hurdle that I had to get over because I'm so heavy lead gen that unless a person is ready to go right now, I'm not converting them. However, I've taken a step back just like you and I'm like, okay, well, I'm spending all this money on these leads anyways. I'm not converting the ones, the 97% because we all know one to 3% is ready to go right now, bottom of the funnel. It's like, I'm wasting 97% of my budget. So what if I scaled my budget down, reallocated it and called through and just said, hey, what's up? Hello, how are you? Or have an ISA say, hey, Peter asked me to reach out. We were just going through you know, some of our contacts and your name came up in our conversation with, you know, just he asked me to reach out and schedule a call to see if there's anything he can do to help you when it comes to buying or selling real estate in Southeast Florida. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, and that's exactly it. So through that database process, we have onboarded two ISAs um, and they are they are pounding the phones. They are pounding text messages. And it's just, hey, this it, there's very intentional scripts. And if you aren't familiar with Phil Jones, exactly what to say, I would highly recommend it. He is ending each communication in a question. You are looking for a response. It's not like, hey, I hope you're doing good. Cool. What are they supposed to respond to that? It's, yeah. hey, if you could get this price for your house or, hey, Zillow says your house is worth this. I have an opinion. What's yours? And screenshotting what this estimate is, especially in Central Florida, we saw a 100% increase in the last two years. Like, I know people don't believe that. I'm here to tell you, I bought my house in 16. It quadrupled in value. Oh, I no doubt. No right doubt. Now, I mean, down here, Florida. definitely things have doubled. 100%. Yeah. And so, like, those people even though they might have two and three and 4% interest rates, if they really understood that they could take that house, sell that house and buy a house similarly and pay cash for it and now be mortgage free or better yet, maybe take money out of that and now go buy another primary and rent that out for an exorbitant amount. This is where we can create some investors in the market. Like your cousin that works at, Nissan, like he didn't think he was going to be an investor. All of a sudden, he's got the opportunity. He just needs someone who understands the marketplace to show him exactly. this is a time that you can create generational wealth and be an investor. Hell, take your money out of the stock market. How's that going for you? Let's put it in real estate. Real estate's doubling. Yes, they, we are trending down slightly right now, but we had a four percent. I mean, a like quadruple increase. So. We had to it adjust. wasn't long-term sustainable, really. That's, that's what we're trying to get at. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 